Hi friends, I'm Katherine Means. Welcome to Unlearning the Narrative of Singleness. You are listening to episode one, asking for what you need at Christmas. This podcast is for you if you have a single loved one, if you are endeavoring to raise teenagers in a relationship-obsessed culture, if you're a leader in the body of Christ, and last but certainly not least, a single person yourself. Come along as we expose the idol the church has made of marriage by unlearning the narrative of singleness. We aren't unlearning for the sake of being divisive in an ever-segmented, fractured, and divided world, but to cast a vision for what a whole body of Christ could look like if we stopped elevating marriage, all while ignoring the largest unreached people group in our communities, the single adult. Changing the culture isn't easy, but it starts out with the words we use and the stories we tell. Let's learn to tell a new story about singleness together. Hi friends, I'm so glad you're here. If you have spent any amount of time hanging out with me at my old podcast, Here's What I Know to Be True, you have heard me say at least one thing about my mom. Well, in this first episode of this new project, I thought I would delight the world by introducing her to you as we sit down for an honest conversation about what it's like to be the parent of an adult child who is single. For brand new friends, I am 41 years old and I have never been married. The Cliff's Notes version of my life would tell you I have never even been close. I have spent so much time wishing my life was different, but other than the sustaining grace of God, my mama's love and support and lack of nagging me about my relationship status is the number one reason I am content in my life. She and my daddy both have never once made me feel less than because of my lack of a husband and children. I only have to look as far as the nearest Hallmark Christmas movie to tell me that is not the norm. And so I am even more grateful. It's also the reason I asked Mama if we could have this conversation with you. So settle into your favorite chair or grab your dog and let's go for a walk. All I ask is you keep your heart and mind open to what God is asking you to unlearn in this conversation. Let's get into it. Hey, friends, it's Catherine. Um, I'm joined with my mom today. Mom, say hi. Hi there, everybody. Um, If you have listened to Here's What I Know to Be True, I have talked about you a lot. And so um, I just wanted my new friends on unlearning the narrative of singleness to get to know you right out the gate. Well, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) And a smidge nervous, did you say that? Uh, big smidge. (laughs) You're going to do great. You're going to do great. Okay. So obviously the history of our relationship, you're my mom all your life. (laughs) You're my mom. Um, but also it's not always been an easy relationship. No, (laughs) we struggled a little bit and I think it was because I was a teenager and stupid and I I talked a lot about, um, and here's what I know to be true about my feeling like my life wasn't important enough. And so I was a habitual liar. And obviously, for obvious reasons, you struggled to believe me. But then thanks be to God, somewhere in my 20s, we became friends. Yes. Trust is a big deal with me or with most people. Yeah. um, That can build a wall between people if if it's if it's one of the issues in that relationship yeah so that was a very um 
kind and gracious way of saying that you didn't trust a word that came out of my mouth. <laughs> there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you are here to talk about what it is like to have an adult child who has never been married. And, and just, and then I'm here to kind of help facilitate that conversation because um, today is the 22nd of December. And so, I mean, today is not, but the day that this podcast comes out is going to come out right before Christmas. And so adult children who maybe aren't married or coming home to stay with family members and kind of what that dynamic is like from both sides so that we can grow in compassion and understanding for one another. And so hopefully this will be helpful to people. I sure hope so. So when you imagined my life when I was little, uh, what what did you imagine for me? I think I imagined what at the time was the norm. Um, everyone, what like as I grew up, all I wanted to be was a mama. And so when you grew up, I imagined that you would be a mama. Mm-hmm. You were a, a big sister to, to a brother and a sister. And you were a little bit on the mothering side with them, but bossy. <laughs> um, but that instinct in you, that mothering instinct in you was was present. As you were growing up and developing into the unique person that you are. Thank you. Uh, you had that desire. You had. I remember you saying something um, that when you were 25 years old, you were going to be married and have X number yeah. of children. And I wanted that for you. And I prayed for you and for your future spouse um, on a regular basis. I, I won't say every day because I want to tell the truth. <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I always prayed that you would be, that God would prepare you for the person he had for you mm-hmm. and that he would do the same for him. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed that, that it would happen eventually Mm -hmm. event you said eventually but I didn't assume that it would happen on your time schedule right I just assumed that when the right person that God had for you was ready to be in a a committed relationship Mm -hmm. that that's when God would Mm -hmm. put you together I just know when I met your dad it I you know we just fell in love really really quickly and I was just 19. I was determined I wasn't going to be a teenage bride, and I <laughs> waited until I was two weeks into my 21st year. <clears throat> I was I had just turned 20 mm-hmm. when we got married. And then we waited for about five years before we decided that it was the right time for us to have children. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying we waited. We didn't really pray and ask God to lead us in that direction Mm -hmm. we were sort of controlling things Mm -hmm. but God was certainly blessing us um, in spite of ourselves and we had you and then we had your sister and brother two years apart God was really sweet in the way he planned that for us and so y'all were all very Mm -hmm. close in age and could play together and that was that was the picture of what I thought was the perfect family and I wanted that for my children Mm -hmm. So that is a great imagination. 
<laughs> imagination and like a great imagining of what I would assume most parents want for their children is to meet somebody and fall in love and get married and have children and have a family of their own. Uh, I'll be 42 in February and none of that has happened. Um, and so when was the first time you thought maybe your like perfect picture of my life wouldn't happen? Let me back up a little bit and add something to that first question. The wish I had for you and for all my children is for you to be happy, mm-hmm. to have joy in your life. And I always assumed that that was a package deal. Mm-hmm. That's good. That it came with marriage and family and a house with the dog and, you know, mm-hmm. not the white picket fence. I'm not going to go that far. Because, I mean, you know that um, things aren't perfect. It's just right. that is how you perceived joy and happiness would be brought into my life Mm because you didn't have any reason to believe otherwise. Right. So, I mean, you are beautiful, you're talented, you're intelligent, you have a big heart. So of course that, you know, but then God, Yeah. well on paper, on paper, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) And that's not me being full of myself. Mm. I, it doesn't make sense. And so, it has I to always, be the Lord. I always thanked, thank God when I pray about this for protecting you from whatever mm-hmm. heartache he might have been sparing you mm-hmm. by not having you find someone yet mm-hmm. because you are not even halfway there. Oh, I have, yeah. I no. have 90-year-old friends. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I mean, God's God may have somebody lined up for yeah. you Um and just waiting. Yeah. And and to to be clear for any of our new les- listeners, I have been really clear. I haven't heard the Lord say, this is not for you. Um, people have asked me when I started talking about singleness more openly. They, um, they want it to make sense in their mind and tie a bow around my life experience. And, and so they always ask, have you heard from the Lord that you're called to a life of singleness? And I always tell them, I have asked the Lord that question. He is less interested in answering that question for me than he is asking me a question in return. And, and that question is always, I am more interested in whether or not you will stay tethered to my heart, no matter what I bring into your life. Is that something that you're willing to commit to? And the answer to that is obviously yes. Um, So I don't know. You're absolutely right. It could happen. So maybe your prayers and, and I just going back to the, the prayer about being ready. um, This is a conversation that you and I have had um, the word ready And so I really want to speak to the parents of the adult single children, what that communicates to, because I understand what you meant, mama. Like, I understand what you mean when you say that, but, but subtly what it communicates to the single person's heart is that there's something inherently wrong with them. And that's the reason why they haven't been married yet and gotten married yet, because they're not ready to be married 
And it also assumes that every single person who has gotten married has been ready to get married. And we know looking by the divorce rate, that's not true. It's it's not true. And even the people who like you and dad are still married, but it's been hard work. And so I don't know if at 20, you were ready, quote unquote, to get married, but you did get married and that was God's sovereign will for your life. And so being at peace with God's sovereign will for each individual life, I think is more what I would encourage parents to pray for. Not that they their kids would get ready, but that they, no matter what the will of God is for their life, they would be brave enough and strong enough and maybe ready enough for that, whatever it is. Um, so anyway, that's just my and, two well, cents. And to clarify, my definition of ready was not having your career lined mm-hmm. up or having all your bills paid, mm-hmm. having your car, you know, having a car of your own or having a house. Because I know some people who don't get married until all that's yeah. lined up. I'm talking about your heart. Yeah. I want you to be the best, give your best offering mm. of yourself mm-hmm, that's good. to another person. Yeah. Because it's hard enough. It's hard enough work in a marriage anyway. But if you are com- going into it and the other person has to sometimes have to, has to work at fixing whatever's mm-hmm. causing any kind of friction in the in the relationship. Maybe one is trying to have all their needs met emotionally and, right. you know, which the other person was never supposed to meet. Like that's, that's God's hole to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, that, I get that's that. more, that's more of my leaning mm-hmm. um, and, and, and being prepared, being, giving your best self mm-hmm. to yeah. the, to the other person and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Moving that forward. Let's just assume that an adult child God's will is just that they won't ever be married and they are called to a life of singleness. You, that prayer could be for any situation they offer themselves to like offering themselves their their best selves to their church community or offering their best selves to their work and their, their employer, um, their friends, their family. And so that's a good prayer to pray. It Mm -hmm. really is. Um, So I want my single friends to hear like the heart behind my mom's prayer and go, no, it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with you. Right. It's just when somebody doesn't know what else to pray, um, which leads into, because we have to open our mouths, single friends, we have to open our mouths and say, Hey, I don't really like the way that landed. Like the whole, I'm praying that you would be ready for your spouse. And, and people are always saying, this is a common phrase where people are like, I just, you know, I'm waiting for the Lord to do what to bring you your husband or waiting for the Lord? Because those are two I can very you different always things. Just, you always used to say that, I guess the UPS man's going to deliver him at my front door. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not going to find no. anybody that way. You, no. have, to, you yeah. have to be out in the world and, you know. I do like but, to be home. That leads me into a kind of, I feel like it was a turning point for us in this conversation, Mama. Like, I don't know that I had really ever been honest with you about 
what it felt like to be a single adult in a family. So like, for instance, my immediate family consists of you and dad and uh, my brother uh, and Willa. Yes, thank you. This is why I love you. Well, one of the reasons. Um, So you, dad, Willa, um, and then my sister and my brother and their families. So my sister has a son and my brother is married to my sister-in-law and they have two boys. So that is my immediate family. But let's just take it to like my brother's family. So his family is a part of my immediate family. But when he got married to my sister-in-law, he started a new immediate family. So I'm not a part of his immediate family anymore. And then when they had their boys, then that even more solidified their nuclear immediate family. Now, they are a part of mine, but I am not a part of his. And there's, that's not... You branch off of his. Yes, I'm a branch off of his. And that's nobody's fault. It's just the nature of what it is to be a single adult in a family. And so... I remember one Christmas, (laughs) Christmas has been hard for a minute because of my sister's work hours and she's a nurse. And so at a hospital and she is on call and she has to work holidays because the hospital doesn't close on holidays. So we're kind of at the mercy of her schedule and we're happy to be um, so that she can celebrate as well. But then also my brother and his family are dealing with like their in-laws and all of that. And then trying to create their own Christmas traditions, traditions within right. their nuclear family. Um, so it's kind of been hard and it's just like, well, when is everybody available? And I remember one year I was living out of town. And so I had come home um, and was staying with you guys And I think maybe we weren't going to be able to celebrate Christmas until the 27th. Um, So that meant like no giving of presents, no receiving of presents until the 27th. And there's, you know, there's this buildup of Christmas and I. Santa Claus. (laughs) No, I know know you're a grown woman. And so it wasn't so much the gifts, the exchanging of gifts as it was just the spirit of Christmas yes. and having to put it on hold for two days. Yeah, but it is a little bit. I'm I'm not ashamed to say it is a little bit about the gifts because I love buying gifts. I, I love wrapping them. And every year there's a different theme of wrapping paper. And, and I, I enjoy that gives me so much joy. And I, there was not one single exchange of a present that year on Christmas Day. And it got to be like 5 p.m. on Christmas. And I was like, what are we even doing? (laughs) I was so sad and and not at all at peace and didn't have contentment at all in my singleness in that season of my life. And so this just kind of exacerbated how I was feeling. And I kind of disappeared into the back of the house, into the guest bedroom, and you came and you found me. And I was on the bed, and I think maybe I was watching something on my laptop, and you said, what is wrong? And I just started weeping. (laughs) And you were like, oh, no, what is going on? And I finally opened up my mouth, and I asked for what I needed, and I said, I... 
I know we had lunch with the family today, but none of this has felt like Christmas. And everybody else had an opportunity to do a Christmas. You and daddy didn't like exchange gifts, but that was your choice. And I didn't. And so anyway, I just remember saying, this is how I feel. And I feel like I'm always the one that has to wait um, for everybody else's schedule. And I'm happy to do that. But because it's not, it was, you're just one. Because I'm just one. Yeah. Because so, and it's, and I understand that genuinely I do that there's less to manage with me and I'm easier to comp, uh, like accommodate. But over and over and over again, when that happens, it communicates subtly to my heart and to other single people's hearts that we are not as valuable. Our schedule isn't as valuable as the rest of the families because it's just one. Well, we are very aware that it's just one. And so sometimes it would be nice for it to be like, well, hey, Catherine, what would work best for you? We'll rearrange our schedule to accommodate yours. And so we've gotten better at that since I started talking about it and and said like, no, we're not... (laughs) I'm not moving my birthday celebration around because of somebody else's work schedule. It's my birthday. I want to celebrate on my birthday. But it all stems back to this Christmas conversation. And I will never forget you either took the laptop from me or said, come on, close that. And you grabbed my hand and you went into the living room and you were like, Danny, we're doing Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, I think it was just the three of us and, or maybe it was my sister's little boy. Um, He was here too, because she was at work. And so we got to exchange presents amongst the four of us and it was sweet and special. And I felt seen and pursued because you came and you found me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was huge. And I appreciated you letting me making me aware of that because that was that was my the last thing I wanted to do was to make you feel like you were less than mm-hmm. because you were just one mm-hmm. which but because you are your own family unit some mm-hmm. every family looks different and mm-hmm. you are a family of one and a dog yeah our little human and canine family <clears throat> um so again but I had to open my mouth and I had to get vulnerable and I had to say things that made it very clear that I didn't have it all together and that I didn't feel like I was enough. You know, I had to say that out loud before any kind of progress was made in the family dynamics. So it was good. So parents, I would just encourage you to like, just open your eyes and see your adult single children's life through a different set of eyes, like hear the words that you say, through their ears, see their experiences and how they might be experiencing your family through a different set of eyes, because you can't know what you don't know. Right, mom? Like, Right. I mean, and I would encourage the single people mm-hmm. to communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest tool in a relationship, the best way to, to build a relationship mm-hmm. is to be able to communicate with each other, be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the I can't know. I didn't know. I should have known. Well, we don't should ourselves. So well, I wish I had known. <laughs> yes, there we go. Without you having to 
But be, I go to that place. But, but and I, and I also feel like we need to clarify that we're not talking about being able to celebrate on a certain day, right? Like your birthday or on your day or celebrate Christmas because other families are doing it with their units. Mm-hmm. The whole that's just a, an example of how you are trying to make people aware of how to look at single people in a different light mm-hmm. in life in general. Just in general, yeah. To include them in events or parties and gatherings mm-hmm. where there are not just married couples mm-hmm. with children because they have something to offer them as well. They're yeah. you know, each person there is an individual. Yeah. They're not attached to the other person where they, they don't, you know, have there, their own there's some autonomy there in <clears throat> I mean, I understand that when you're married, you become one flesh, but still you're two individual people with individual souls and spirits. And, and so let the single person with their individual soul and spirit in the mix as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. So mom, what would you say to encourage parents of adult single children this Christmas? Look at your child, not through the eyes of society or what's norm, what's the, the norm for the rest of the family, the rest of the people in your family. Mm-hmm. But look at your, look at your child as a family unit mm. and include, include your child the way you include the other family units. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, make sure that they are seen and they know they're seen mm-hmm. and don't expect, don't, I mean, we watch so many Hallmark movies. And, <laughs> we really and, do. Especially at Christmas time, yeah. there are so many who are afraid to go home because mm. they're gonna, their parents are going to set them up with someone, um, mm. a friend of their best friends. Oh, my nephew, is, he's so smart. And he, you know, <laughs> and um, because they just feel like that's, you know, you can't, you can't truly be happy. You can't truly celebrate the holidays unless you're with someone else. Mm-hmm. And so... Don't look at your child as if they're missing something. Yeah, that's good. And that's when I might get a little bit emotional. It's one of the reasons I'm able to sit here and talk about my singleness without feeling shame. Because the shame that I felt with my singleness was always internal. It was never external. You have never once made me feel like there was something wrong with me. Um, You never have pressured me. Uh, We may have entered into a handful of conversations where you were like, I just wish I just I don't understand. I don't blah, blah, blah. Um, And I think part of that was because you were dealing with your own disappointment, not in me for not being married, but because my life directly affects your life. And so that means you don't have a son-in-law and you don't have any grandchildren that have come from me. And that's been a thing that you've, you have confided in me that you've had to lay down. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, you've also had to grieve it, right? Right. For myself, but, but for you mostly, because I, I know the joy that I have had in my life mm-hmm. because of my children and my grandchildren. And I mean, you're an awesome aunt. I am an awesome aunt. But I, I know you'd be an, a wonderful mom. 
and you have been a mom, um, a, a substitute mom, or a, a, not a substitute mom, a spiritual, a mom. spiritual mom to um, so many people in your mm-hmm. ministries in the past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I just want to publicly honor you for not, and and again. We can't, we're not held responsible for things that we don't know. So if any of the moms or dads that are listening to this of adult single children have at times made their children feel like they were less than or living a less than experience because they weren't married, there's no judgment in that. It's just what can we, what can we do better moving forward? Right. Um, And I love what you said about letting your adult children know that they are seen and you have definitely done that. And, but I, I want you to hear me say singles. Mom started seeing me when I let her know how I needed to be seen. Right. Like that, this Christmas that we mentioned and we talked about was the turning point for me. I, st- I was seeing you see me on the regular after we had this conversation. And another thing I love about you is I only have to say a thing once. (laughs) I'm a quick study. (laughs) Um, Okay. So last question, knowing what you know now, what would you say to encourage or challenge parents of teenagers? So we have been talking about adult children, but the teenagers that are growing up and dating relationships are starting and all of the hormones and the what, knowing what you know now, what would you say to encourage parents of teenagers? I just, I would go back to what I said earlier. The desire of my heart for my children was for them to be happy. And I, I believe the only truly way for you to be happy is to be in, in a close walk with the Lord to Seek him for direction in your life. And when they are in high school, I would encourage going out in groups and just building friendships because they're in high school and they're going to be meeting a lot of people if if they go to college. And see, there's another thing. We don't want to expect them to necessarily go to college yeah. either. You know, there's not a formula for growing up and being a successful person at the end of it all. So whatever their direction is in in life, whether they go to vocational school or whether they study at a university, they need to ask the Lord for direction and stay close to the Lord. Help them to know that there's no pressure. Just take one day at a time, but plan ahead. I know you're a big planner. Um, (laughs) Yes, I am. um, Bottom line, they need to be able to develop into the person that God made them to be and whether if that includes being in a relationship that leads to marriage or just building lots of good friendships, whatever God has in store for them, whatever God's leading is for their lives, support them mm-hmm. full heartedly that way. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, I, I, I once again, we watch a lot of Hallmark movies <laughs> <laughs> and and in real life. I mean, I know I know Hallmark is 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 real life to a point. 
Um, is it though? Uh, well, well parents a, have expectations yes. for okay, their children yeah. to mm-hmm. take over the business, the family business, okay. or yeah. to go into the same, you know, to become a lawyer like the dad. Or um, <laughs> we basically but, mentioned every Hallmark movie yeah. that ever existed in just a few sentences. Yeah, and that's um, that's okay. Um, that gets us through December. So uh, <laughs> we aren't supposed to have expectations of other people. Bottom line, I have a cross that hangs in my kitchen or that sits on my kitchen windowsill that has a plumb line hanging from it and Mm. the plumb line represents Christ's standard that's what I would encourage the parents of teenagers to instill in their children to seek the Lord um, each day for his direction we make plans but God you know life happens you know you've heard that before Mm -hmm. and um, that the parents may have desires for their children's lives that they think will lead to their being successful and happy but they need to hold that those desires with an open hand because Mm -hmm. god may not have those same plans for their children Mm -hmm. and i can say this because i know that this is true even though i'm not a parent um god loves your kids more than you do right and there is better i mean yeah if i I'm just I'm thankful that um, I don't get to plan from my children's lives because, mm-hmm. you know, God help them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, like you can't want for your kids more than what God wants for your kids. Right. And he is trustworthy. Right. And so just he has proven himself over yes. and over again in, in your lives. And I, I'm thankful for that. So mm-hmm. I trust him. I may not be on the same page with him all the time. <laughs> I, you know, I, because I'm, I'm a mama and I want my children to be happy. It took a long time for you to get to this place. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And I, I struggled with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my, my prayer was, God, please give her the desires of her heart. And now... My, that's still my prayer. Mm-hmm. But your desires, as, as, as you stay close to the Lord, your desires line up more with his. Yeah. And so then it becomes more of what that verse actually means in context. It's not that he would put the, des- he would not give me the desires of my heart in physical form, but that he would actually put desires in my heart, that the desires of my heart have been given to me by him. Right. So then they line up with his will for right. my life. And that's how you live a whole, fulfilled, successful, happy, joyful life. Whether you're married or single. Whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you make a lot of money or don't make a lot of I mean, this is in every right. area every of aspect. life. Right. Um, and so... Yeah, learning that he's trustworthy. But so hearing you say that your mama heart was like, but I want, I don't want her to struggle. I want her to be happy. Um, I had just been recently telling one of uh, my former students. So I guess somebody who I've spiritually mothered. I, she was going through a really hard time. And I said, I am so sorry that you are struggling. But also I am not because of the very fact that I know 
what this is going to produce in you. And she was like actively seeking help and going to counseling and it was stirring up a bunch of stuff in her and it was really hard. And I said, I'm so sorry, but also I am not. Because when you get on the other side of this, your faith has gone through the fire Mm -hmm. and it has been refined. And I want that for you. I want that for you. Um, And I only know that because of my own fire, like fire refining faith. And so anyway, yeah, we can want both. We can want them to be happy, but also (laughs) to stand on the firmest foundation um, ever. Anything else you want to say, mom, before we go? Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, I just, I pray that you have a Christ-centered Christmas, that you have joy in your hearts and in your family, and that you see everyone in your family for who they are and how God has designed their lives. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. On that note, we're all done. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Thanks again, Mama, for getting vulnerable and sharing with my listeners. (laughs) You really are awesome. Friends, I pray you are encouraged and blessed by our conversation, but I want to re-emphasize, this was not our first conversation like this. We have been having similar conversations for years, and in my opinion, it really has made all the difference in the world in our relationship and how we traverse the nuances of being a single adult child with a parent. And when we get into a family environment with extended family who I have not been as vulnerable with, I know she has my back and that makes me feel more comfortable even when others don't understand my life and make insensitive comments in passing. Also, once you articulate your thoughts and feelings in a safe place once and they are accepted, it makes it easier to articulate them in other spaces. So I found myself correcting the narrative around my singleness on my own without my mama's backing after a while. Whether you are single or have a friend or family member who is single, I pray you rise to the challenge this Christmas and ask for what you need. Thank you for being here, friends. I'll see you back in two weeks when I'm joined by my friend, Crystal LaHood, as we endeavor to unlearn the narrative of singleness in the way of femininity and womanhood. Merry Christmas, friends. May the witness of Emmanuel, God with us, speak to your heart a worth that no other person ever could.